welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Karen. Rick. How are you this week? I am really good. Is your computer done doing updates? My computer is thankfully done doing updates. I swear to God, I was yelling like... (laughs) You would think that I was, you know, demon-possessed down here, the kind of swears I was throwing at this computer. Oh, how many hours did it take? Um, it was finally done at 8 a.m. the next morning. Oh, well, that's not nearly so bad as I thought. I kind of no. thought your computer would still be doing updates this week, to, to tell you mm-hmm. the truth. No. So so what have we learned from this, Rick? Um, actually, I have learned, and thank, thanks to both of you, I need to go in and change my settings so that doesn't happen at <laughs> an inopportune time again, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, so um, hey, sh- even though I'm I'm still furious with you for you know ditching us last week because your computer was doing I'm using air quotes now updates. It was doing <laughs> updates. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I understand that you had a really fantastic investigation this past weekend. Yes, last Friday, um, as I think I've explained before. Um, I am in the. I am involved with the uh, filming of a documentary, The Ghost Tapes Two. He's in. Which, he's in the midst of becoming a star. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyhow, so we had an investigation at the um, Sci-Fi Cafe and Research Center in Burlington, Wisconsin, which is very well known and it's owned by uh, Mary Sutherland, who is uh, she's somewhat of a local celebrity, um, and uh, she of course owns it, and. The investigation was great. It was uh, me, Luke Millett, who is the director, producer, creator of the Ghost Tapes, and uh, Nancy Laporta, who is a you know a psychic medium that I've worked with for a long time now. And uh, we had a lot of really great EMF hits. And uh, there was a point where I got touched on the back. I could feel a finger being drawn, you know, moving down the, uh, I think it was my left-hand side of my back, the left lat. I could feel a finger being moved right down it. And we caught an EVP. And around the same time. Around the same time. And it's an excellent EVP. It's just too bad, though, that on, on, the, on, on the media that we, that we had, we, uh, Luke and I heard two very clear disembodied voices that was pretty much standing right between us. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. But we did well. get an EVP. I sure would like to hear that EVP. And we are lucky because Cheryl has it. I sent it to her. It's actually the enhanced version. Uh, Luke, he has all that neato, keen, advanced stuff. I I prefer my EVPs to be more organic, but if that's the way it's got to be, then that's the way it's got to be. So, um, Cheryl, do we can we play that? Yes, we can. I've got it Fantastic. ready to go. Here we go. Okay. Some people that come here because of similar okay so you guys already know what it's saying so let me just set this up for you like i said we were in this area which is called the vortex area which is the um actual store and bar area 
And um, that was Nancy that you hear talking. She's giving, you know, she's telling us about everything that's going on. And we catch this EVP, and to us, it sounds like it's saying, people killed me. Hmm. I heard something different. Okay, what'd you hear? I'd like to hear it again before I say. Okay. Okay, here we go. Some people said, come here. Because of similar shares. <laughs> what I hear is somebody burping and saying, excuse me. <laughs> really? Okay, play it again, sure. Let's hear that again. Okay, so I just want to say that this statement is broken up with a pause, though, correct? The first part of it where you say it says people, and then there's a, there's a pause. That's the part I think is the burp. People call, uh, talking, regular people talking, and then the killed mm-hmm. me, the, the last part. So there's a little separation, right? Right, exactly. Okay, okay let's play it again. Some people that come here because of similar shares. <laughs> okay. I think it's somebody burping and saying, excuse me. <laughs> no, we, we sure you not. There was only the three of us that were in the room at Two the time. Ghost burp? No, no, no. I didn't mean one of you. I meant <laughs> oh. it was a ghost that had some manners. Nope, nope. It was Uh-oh. we. Uh, Luke and I. We both feel that that whoever this person was. Now, Nancy did tell us that there was a man in a man in in our presence, and you know it sounds like a very male voice, and it was a man that called himself John Henry. And he was a really likable guy. Um, you, you know, Nancy made contact with him, and she was, you know, not doing any kind of channeling or anything like that, but just, you know, communicating with him and then communicating um, to us what he was saying. And, um, you know, we caught that EVP, so we're not really sure who the people are. We're not really sure if it's anybody named John Henry, but um, it's a pretty pretty good EVP nonetheless. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very. So, you know, hopefully this, the uh, documentary, uh, The Ghost Tapes 2, will be done either in July or October. It all depends on, um, you know, how many more investigations we can do. And uh, I know that Luke's got some stuff set up that he'll be doing separate from me. So, um, yeah, hopefully sometime this summer you'll, you know, we'll be able to, or people will be able to see the finished product. Very cool. Well, it sounds like a fun place to investigate, and you know, it is. paradise. Yes, it is. And I, you know, it's, it's great. Is as I, 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 uh, I collect nineteen sixties and nineteen seventies horror comics, and um, you know, I was able to get one there—a giant size chiller, very first issue. So, I, very cool stuff. Very cool. Well, it sounds like it was right up your alley. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Yeah, we got lots of stuff coming up with our team as well. I have a couple walkthroughs I have to go do this weekend, as a matter of fact. So, Okay. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Right. So, um, well, before we go to break, let's just preview who it is, uh, who our guest is tonight. We're going to be joined by uh, Jolene Spooky Riley of the Gettysburg Paranormal Association. So we are going to be talking about Gettysburg tonight, folks. I know, and I love Gettysburg. So much fun. Everybody loves talking about Gettysburg. Gettysburg is considered by many to be one of the most haunted places in this country. Exactly. Lots of blood spilled there. So, all right. Well, let's do this then. Uh, we're a little bit early, but, you know, this is the way we're going tonight. So, um, uh, let's go to break. Okay. Uh, we'll try to keep Cheryl from putting our private conversations on the air. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> You know, Rick will try to keep his computer from doing updates. 
Yeah. And I will just sit here and be my own perfect self. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know. Only one to ever drop an F-bomb on the air. So anyway, um, other than Zach Bagans, of course. So anyway, you guys stick around. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. <laughs> Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight is Jolene Spooky Riley, founder and lead investigator of the Gettysburg Paranormal Association, as well as the author of Ghostly Encounters. Uh, Jolene Spooky, whichever you prefer, uh, thanks for joining us on the Underground. <laughs> it's my absolute pleasure, and I go by both. Okay, very okay. good. So you've been doing this for a long, long time. Yes, um, pretty much uh, most of my life, in fact. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're from, are you from Gettysburg originally? No, not originally. I grew up in the suburbs of Baltimore County, Maryland. But mm-hmm. when I was 17 years old, I I was so attracted to Gettysburg, having visited for the first time, that I knew that some point I would definitely be back. And I've been here for about 10 years now. Wow. So what was the what was the attraction? Why why was there such a strong draw there for you? Well, I for one I enjoyed the uh and, and was drawn to the quaintness of the town, but I'm also very much interested in the uh paranormal uh realm and of course Gettysburg is uh, the ghost mecca of the world, but I just felt a, a connection with it that I can't quite explain. I'm sure a number of uh of your listeners have had that same experience and they gravitate to a certain location, and that's, I think, how we end up uh, living uh, in certain places. Right. So what was it exactly that, you know, sparked your interest? Was it visiting Gettysburg, or did you have an experience that, you know, kind of changed your outlook on life and, uh, you know, life after death in general? Well, I just want to clarify the question there. Are you asking how I got into the whole paranormal realm? Was it because of Gettysburg? Yes, it was. Was it because of Gettysburg, or did something happen before then that got you interested in this? No, actually, um, I had my first encounter uh, as a three-year-old child, as far back as I can remember. Anyway, uh, my first encounter was with a ghostly image of a dog. That okay. I was the only one who could see this dog, and um, my parents moved my bedroom up to a second floor, and I didn't see the dog after that, but. On and off throughout my childhood, I would have certain visions and really didn't think too much of it. I had the typical in childhood but uh, that most of us have enjoyed. But I really started getting into this more uh, in a, when I was a teenager, starting to research and, and investigate. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, that seems to be a common story with a lot of people, that they, uh, you know, have like uh, have that very first encounter and then, boom, it just changes the way they think and the way... Uh, you know, changes their interests and gets them interested in uh, researching, you know, life after death. Um, well, it's so, good for me, absolutely. Right. So with uh, with Gettysburg, uh, Gettysburg, as we all know, is it's kind of like the uh, the mecca of hauntings in the United States of America. Um, tell us a little bit about Gettysburg. You know, the history well, behind it, what causes the hauntings, that kind of sure. thing. Sure. Gettysburg is, is a, a very unique town. It's a, it's a, a beautiful, historic county, but it also has a, a strong paranormal history as well. Now, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of places that have had tragic deaths, unfortunately. We've had so many in Gettysburg during the battle, the Civil War, in fact. And 
the thing is, that one thing that we have that other places don't have is the amount of granite quartz and uh, and limestone in the ground itself, which most people know holds energy. So uh, that retention of energy, giving spirits something to communicate and manifest with, certainly has added to the uh, you know the uh, the ghostly encounters that many have uh, have enjoyed. But Gettysburg itself is uh, it's just such a great place. A lot of folks come from all over the world every year, so it's a great way to meet new people. But also with all of the history and ghosts, it's like a great combination of all things wonderful. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've heard some, you know, I, I've heard over the years some really great stories of specific hauntings at Gettysburg. And some of them almost seem... Um, like a recording, so more of the, um, oh, I'm so tired tonight, I've lost the word, because <laughs> apparently I've never talked about the paranormal before in my life. You know the kind of haunting I'm talking about. <laughs> Residual, there Residual. it is. Residual hauntings. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So is it? what do you find? Do you find that there's there's kind of a combination of both the active and the residual or, you know, as they say in parapsychology, the hauntings and the, the apparitions, or what do you find? Well, we found a, a mix of everything. We have the, a, a good number of residual hauntings uh, in Gettysburg, but we also have a lot of intelligent hauntings as well. So it's, it's and I really can't say for, you know, any certainty, you know, on the scale which one weighs heavier. But, and, and I will say this, that one question that I'm asked frequently is, do we see more activity in July around the time the battle took place? just over sure. 150 mm-hmm. years ago. It's a logical it's a great question. question. It's a great question. Unfortunately, there are so many variables, we can't really answer it with any certainty because there are more eyes and ears there because we have so many more visitors that we wouldn't normally have on, on any other given day. And then, of sure. course, we have all of those wonderful trigger objects out there, reenactors carrying bayonets and, and muskets that may be triggering activity. So well, it's really hard to say. Yeah, and it, I, I've often wondered if, because of the nature of Gettysburg and the fact that there are so many reenactments that occur, do you think that those reenactments trigger activity? I think they do. I think for the intelligent hauntings, I think that it does trigger an emotion in them. And, uh, I, for example, even when we have fireworks, it, it may sound like cannons. It may sound like muskets being shot. So... I think that it, it certainly does have an effect on the spirits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, with 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 that kind of stuff going on, it, it I, you know, definitely affects the human consciousness even beyond death. I would say. I would absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. So now and you... again, with Gettysburg, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'll ask when you're done. Well, with Gettysburg being so being so different. Other towns may have hauntings, but they don't have the, the reenactors, as as you said, walking through town dressed uh, yeah. in the in the same clothing that the spirits would have worn during that era. And I'm sorry I interrupted you there. No, that's okay. Um, no problem at all. So uh, it almost sounds like uh, you have the perfect storm of events in Gettysburg with all of the, you know, with the geography of the place or the geology. And, Absolutely. And the reenactors and the trigger objects and just the, the tragic history and the numerous, because I know a lot of people passionate about ghosts and spirits head to Gettysburg. 
So it well, it's would, a big draw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it would seem like with all of that, that it would be ripe for a haunting. To me, and, and it is, and, and and it is, and Gettysburg rarely disappoints as far as as far as the hauntings or history is concerned. I I I really uh, I really can't compare it with any other place. Now, of course, I, I'm uh, I'm biased. I live here. I work here. I write about it, but um, I, I just can't imagine that there would be a place that that has so many components um, for for such a, a rich haunting. Sure. Well, let's so let's talk about some of the specific things that occur at Gettysburg because I know that there are numerous locations that some of it's on battlefields and some of it's in, you know, buildings and on bridges. So so tell us about some of the specific hauntings there. Well, there uh there's never a lack of hauntings in Gettysburg, that's for sure. Um and as you said, the the battlefield certainly uh is a draw for people to go and and perhaps try to make a a, uh, a connection with the, with the ghost. But it, one needs to remember that the battle took place amongst the citizens as well, not just where the National Park Service has erected monuments. Now, a number of people do have encounters out at the battlefield. Horrific things took place there. Men uh, shed blood and uh, spent their last moments, agonizing moments there. Uh, leaving behind uh, you know, residual energy. But I also feel that in Gettysburg there's a number of soldiers and civilians, and of course more modern-day spirits, that uh, that are lingering for a reason other than the agonizing pain that took place or, uh, or, or some horrible act. I think that a number of the spirits are here because they, they're, they're holding on to something pleasant, a, a happy memory. And that at least gives me some peace of mind, where the spirits aren't all um, reliving some horrific moment in time. And we also have areas like uh, Saks Covered Bridge, which is also a, uh, a hot spot for paranormal activity. In fact, uh, part of Lee's army crossed that bridge across Marsh Creek, half went for Cashtown, but half went across Saks Bridge, which um, was also a field hospital, a very crude field hospital for some of his men. Uh, many of which died. They were left there baking in the sun. As horrible as that sounds, it's a, it's a fact. And uh, they were left behind, and a number of them did not survive. So that was their last and final resting place. And of course, we have uh, other buildings, uh, many of which were field hospitals during the battle, and of course after, some where folks were still living, and the, the town folk pitched in and, and helped these poor soldiers. So You've got you've got the whole gamut as far as uh, haunting is concerned. A number of the soldiers have even come back to visit the uh, the homes during their life if they survived to pay respects and thanks to the families who helped to mend them. And then they've also been seen in spirit form as well. Sure. Um, we do have a question in the uh, chat room for you, Jolene. Uh, it's from Ragdoll, and the question is: Where is your favorite place to investigate in Gettysburg? My absolute favorite place, the Tilly yes. Pierce South End. Mm-hmm. Tilly Pierce South End. I'm so, I'm sorry. What again? I didn't hear that. I, I talked over you. My favorite place in Gettysburg to investigate is the Tilly Pierce House Inn. I've heard oh, that yeah, before. Now tell that. me about tell me about Tilly Pierce and tell me um, what what's so great about that place as far as investigation. 
Well, it's named after Matilda Pierce, who was 15 years old when the battle arrived in Gettysburg. The Confederate soldiers set up their barricade right alongside her family's home, in fact, using the family's uh, parlor furniture for some of the building materials of that barricade. Now, Tilly fled the house at 15 going to the Jacob Blakert farm, uh, thinking it would be a safe refuge, but sadly it was also a field hospital. So she arrived there, a young 15-year-old girl, and came home a, a very brave young lady who had saved a number of soldiers' lives, mended them, and in fact cheered them up. Now, while she was gone in that short period of time, the Tilly Pierce house, um, where her father, James, and mother, Margaret, lived, they actually hid five Union soldiers in the basement, bringing them up into the house after the Confederates were convinced that there were no uh, enemy soldiers in the house, and the house became a bona fide field hospital in its own right. Now, we have a number of uh, hauntings in that location, from a, a small little ghost cat that we've uh, deciphered the name uh, as uh, Midnight, and we have a number of children's spirits lingering in the home, oftentimes heard giggling, uh, running up and down the stairs, and a very tall soldier spirit that stands, oh, well over six feet tall. And we come to find out that one of the soldiers that fell in love with the Pierce family home and comes back to visit it was well over six foot seven. So uh, we've got some interesting spirits in the Tilly Pierce house. And if you guys want a real good scary story, I've got one for you if you're uh, if you're sitting firmly on your chairs. Yeah, we like good, scary stories. I'm sitting firmly. Go for it. Go for All it. All right, here we go. I warned you. Well, one evening, co-paranormal, a husband and wife uh, team, uh, came to stay at the Tilly Pierce house, in, and they were told by the innkeeper that there was another couple in the back suite. So, being respectful, of course, they stayed as far away from that back suite as possible, as to not to disturb the couple, of course. And, of course, they knew the couple was in that suite because... The light was on, and they saw movement in the form of shadows under the door, the closed door. And then they also heard them speaking to one another, saying, shh, they'll hear us. Well, Michelle and Mark Cook of Code Paranormal were shocked when the front door of the Tilly Pierce house opened, and in walked the couple who had been out on a ghost hunt elsewhere with me. <laughs> Not that's bad, a great huh? story. Yeah, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a surprise. <laughs> they were shocked. I think the draws dropped down down to their uh, knees. It was pretty amazing stuff. Right. Now, the Cashtown Inn is the place that is, uh, has always um, fascinated me. Of, of course, you know, one of the very rare times I watched Ghost Hunters, uh, that was one of the episodes, just because it happened to be the Cashtown Inn. Um, have you done any... I, I know that you do tours Have you and, and you lead ghost hunts. Have you um, led any really compre- uh, comprehensive investigations at the Cashtown? No, we have not investigated the cash town in. Um, it's certainly uh, on my radar to do so, but no, we have not. Uh, we have not had the pleasure. I did watch that episode though, where the picture frame moved. So that was that. That kind of hooked me. I was pretty fascinated by that. But right. no, I have not had a chance to investigate that that particular place. So when you have people who come in from out of town, and even people from the local area who investigate, how susceptible do you think they are to? kind of the mystique and the legends of Gettysburg as opposed to having actual experiences? Well, I think we're all subject to uh, that mystique, you know, especially if, uh, you know, it's been uh, romance so much on television. And, and I think that's certainly something we need to keep in mind. I know that 
because I lead investigations and, and the rest of my, my team are aware of the, the TV, um, really just uh, stirring up people's imaginations. And we have to be very careful uh, not to put something in one's mind's eye, say, to to uh, have them feel that they're getting some type of activity that really, in fact, isn't happening. Um, I think it's a draw for people to come to Gettysburg. I think that's great. The paranormal shows are fantastic. I have a number of friends that I'm fairly close with that, that have had shows and still do have shows on the air. Mm-hmm. But I know that, uh, and I thank them all, because that's certainly put um, this interest in, uh, in a more uh, mainstream uh uh, thought rather than it being so much a stigma as it was years ago, but I think we have to remember that you know everyone is subject to uh, you know to romance in that that we're going to, to encounter a spirit and and we're making those connections or we're seeing or hearing things that really isn't happening. So we have to be as honest as we possibly can um, at, at every at every corner. I think and it's a responsibility that I really don't take lightly. I, I really do not want to pull the more over anyone's eyes, certainly. Well, and I think I think as much as anything, we have to be as honest as we possibly can with ourselves. Yes, and which is oftentimes the most difficult thing to do. That's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> as, as as somebody who's investigated for a while, you know, I I know there's just there's some times where I've had things that I think are you know probably pretty solid evidence that you just can't put out there because you just can't quite pin it down so you know but you get so excited people get so excited about their story and they get so excited about what they've found and and it's very hard to to have that um looked at by other people who who maybe aren't as excited about it as you so yep so well that's the challenge on a public investigation because you you really truly are getting a, a, a number of people together that wouldn't otherwise be banned together on a public investigation so you yeah you have to be quite skilled at that you don't want to offend someone you you, yeah. you don't want to uh but you don't want to give someone uh misinformation either so it's a i think it's a you know it's a it's a pretty hefty responsibility it is it yeah. is especially when a lot of these people have never had a paranormal experience they're looking for that paranormal experience because they want very badly to have it and i think that you can agree with me um that having that when you do finally have that real authentic paranormal experience that it's life-changing and so that does seem like a tremendous responsibility if you're working with people who are novices and and really don't understand they they understand what they've seen on tv Exactly, which is which is why I think it's very careful for those of us who decide to make this type of work a career um, choice because you can't just, I, it's my opinion, I should be very careful, it's my opinion that you shouldn't just pick a book up or, or watch a, a movie and, and now you're going to lead investigations with the public because you just don't know how these folks are going to react. We've had, we've had a number of people break down in tears. And we've had mm. people that are that are absolutely scared, and we don't want them to be frightened. We want them to feel empathetic for the spirits and and yeah. to have a better yeah. understanding, but not to be scared. And we've had we've actually even had some uh, some some guests that that shared with us that they were uh, they were terminally ill, and and that's another whole uh, subject. They're 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 trying to find out if there's something beyond that veil, and, oh, and again, yeah. more responsibility there. You have to be extremely sensitive. So. 
right. you, I believe that you, you really have to be uh, not only skilled in the field of paranormal when you hold public investigations, but in addition, be very skilled with people in general and, and all of the emotional and physical concerns that are there. I agree, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you say that because I think that that's something that's oftentimes left out these days. I mean, a lot of people, they go into a building or they're just, they treat it like a dog and pony show rather than treating it, that this is human consciousness that has survived the death of the body. And not only that, too, but also the living uh, component as well. Well, thank you. I, yes, I think it's I think it's very important. Not that not that I'm not an entertainer because I I love to entertain, but sure. not 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 at, not at the risk of harming anyone's spirit or or physical body. I, I'm yeah. not going to do that. One of the concerns that I've had um, in you know because I write about my experiences a lot as well, and um, some of them the spirits that I've in, in, have encountered have. Identifiable, identifiable family who are living, and I always have a concern because I wouldn't like it if somebody was saying that my family member was rambling around as a ghost. So I have a concern for the living people as far as the families of those people too, because I think that that would be a very sensitive topic, especially if you come from a background of faith or whatever, where you, you know, your fondest hope is that when somebody you love dies and that's a very traumatic event, you, you hope against all hope that they move on to the next realm. And so then what if, you know, and somebody says, well, here's a story of John Smith and John Smith's, you know, sister or niece or nephew or something is listening and goes <gasps> so i you know i suppose in gettysburg that's probably not necessarily as as um much of a concern because the the spirits that are there have been dead for quite a while true yes most of them and and i personally wouldn't feel comfortable leading public investigations to a site where there was uh, family members that that may be uh, personally offended or harmed by that. I completely agree with you. In fact, one of the things mm-hmm. that, and we're, we're fortunate in Gettysburg because the battle took place so many years ago, and most of our spirits that are dwelling in the locations that we take the public to, we don't have that issue, but even so, we still instruct our guests that we, as a team, ask them to follow our um, our belief and uh we don't we don't taunt, we don't provoke. We 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 just we find it unnecessarily highly, highly unkind. So we haven't right. really had an issue with people doing that and uh you know, we would certainly ask them to leave the investigation. It's just uh I I, I wouldn't want someone doing that to a family member of mine that had passed on. Yeah, I absolutely right. agree. So we have a question for you in chat. Um Ragdoll wants to know what is the best instrument that catches evidence that you have used. I'm glad you added that last bit um, to the yes. question because everybody has their own favorites. Isn't favorite that locations, true? <laughs> yeah, favorite <laughs> techniques, favorite pieces of equipment. In fact, the, the the new book I have coming out this May, I I touch on that. Uh, we have a, a wonderful cohesive group of folks on on our team. And we all have our own our own way, and uh, you know a number of things are are common, but we we still have our individuality, and I, I embrace that amongst us. But my favorite piece of of equipment, the the best instrument that I have found to date is the VRM, which is uh, new technology. It's been on a couple of the popular television shows, 
Um, am I allowed to mention them or no? Sure. I'm sure. Ghost We're hunters, um, haunted collector. Um, two of my two of my favorites, and the VLM actually gives you pinpoint accuracy um, of of EMF. So that's spectacular. Unlike others that tell you where, you know, maybe here, maybe there, this gives you pinpoint accuracy. So I love that because it tracks the spirits. And in addition to that, um, because of the reflective technology housed in the device, you can even hear disembodied voices in real time. So I'm a big communication person. I, it's not so much the gratif- you know, instant gratification. I just feel that communication is so very important and if I can hear them speaking to me in real time, I can have a real conversation back and forth. Yeah, so I know. And that's I one of the things that's device. frustrating for a lot of investigators is that lack of real-time communication. Absolutely. It's hard to have it. You can't, how can you communicate if it's one-sided? You get back, you listen to your voice recordings, and oh, my gosh, they were answering me, but I kept asking the same question, or I kept changing the question, and, and it, it can be frustrating. So I like that device. It's a... Uh, it is really, uh, really impressed me a good bit. Cool. No, hold on a second. That the the um, uh, what was it? That did you call it the VRM? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is VRM. that the okay? Is is that the thing that makes like the little stick figure and it's like mapping where this this figure may be? What it does is it um, it's um. It's it's directional. It's directional EMF detection. So okay. um, you're 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 not getting a visual on it. It's it's audio. Uh, it's, oh, uh, okay. we, we know that we can hear. Say for example, we we can uh, unlike say the millimeter or the ghost meter or the K two, which we all use and love on our team. Um, you know, they have various things like you know they'll have lights, they'll have sounds. But this one, you can actually hear the EMF. It's not telling you that yes, there's EMF somewhere. This is this. Is, you're hearing the EMF, and it gets louder the closer you are to it. You can follow it by sound, and okay. because it's directional, and because that uh, the uh, the device is so high tech, um, the EMF is trapped for a short period of time in the in the in the barrel. So. You can actually hear that. It's almost like white noise, but not. With white noise, you know, you're getting some radio stations. You're infusing your, you know, radio sleep like the PSP7. Um, and then you have, again, have to be true to yourself on that one. But as far as this is concerned, you're hearing disembodied voices. You're hearing voices, rather, in the EMS field. Okay. Which is groundbreaking. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. I, I, um, it's a little spendy. <laughs> What's that? I said it's a little spendy, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah. Well, I can tell you this: if you had it in your hand, you'd fall in love with it. Oh, I probably would. You know, my team loves toys, and so we, <laughs> we try. You know, we we do we do the old fashioned stuff. What's really funny is we love toys, but we seldom pull them out. <laughs> so. Well, you, you're going to hear you know, the funny, the, the irony here is I'm the team psychic, I'm the team sensitive. So, yeah. for, for me to get excited about a uh, an instrument that uh, that measures, you know, or, or detects EMS is is really um, is remarkable. I no, like some I some it. type of scientific backup, but yeah, they usually send me in by myself without any equipment. So. Yeah, I, I I don't I'm not allowed to touch equipment, so I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get sent in without equipment as well. 
For some of the well, same reasons. Sometimes you send me in because they're worried I may not be able to use it. I'm certainly not the team techie. I fully admit that that's, uh, that's, not, that's not my specialty. No, mine either. Definitely not. So um, tell me what you consider some of the best evidence that you've found in all of your time in Gettysburg then. Oh, my, there have been so many. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll still try to pull out the, the best of the best. One evening, um, we were uh, we were out at Saks Bridge, and one of my lead investigators had night vision. He was standing next to a gentleman named Jason, and Jason had a he had a camera with him. I'm not sure, you know, how 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 good the camera was, but it was good enough to catch a, a remarkable photo. Patrick saw something coming. Our lead investigator saw something coming across the water toward them, and he. He said, Jason, dude, get a picture, get a picture, something's coming across the water. And what he captured would, would, would give you nightmares. It, it looks like a, a skull with its, its mouth opened in full screen. And I have never in my life ever seen anything picture-wise as scary as that. And, uh, and I, I mean, you'd have to see it to appreciate it. I have it on, I have it on a website. It's the cover of my next book. But it's it's just amazing. Now, you know, people will dismiss photos because you know you, you know a lot of people sure, sure. take pictures yeah. that, that they 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 envision something in there, and um, and many times I'll dismiss it as fog or exhale breath, um, cigarette smoke. But I think if you see this, you'll, your your socks will be knocked off. But um, one what's thing the, that, what's uh, the website? Uh, Gettysburg Paranormal Association dot com. Okay. And I believe we have that listed as demon mist. Because it looks just like the demon. Um, but as far as um, evidence is concerned, because, you know, it's one, we can always debate, you know, what is evidence? Um, you know, that you, you aren't going to believe something um, if you're not going to believe it. You know, I may, I may see it as evidence. Somebody else may dismiss it as uh, something other than, than concrete evidence. Now, on voice recording... I think the the absolute best voice recording came at the uh, Civil War schoolhouse, which may very well be a pioneer schoolhouse. We just aren't sure, but it certainly was here during the Civil War. It's called the McCurdy Schoolhouse. And one of our lead investigators, Robert, was there. Um, he had the voice recorder. He had the school photo from the 1800s out on the table. And while the guests were watching, he simply asked for a name. And a name came across the voice recorder, a first name. And Robert asked us, you know, for a second name, a last name, and the last name came across. So I, I believe it was uh, Jim uh, McDonald, um, or forgive me if it's not the exact name, but the point is he got a first and last name. He looks down at the school roster, and there's that child's first and last name. Now, taking it another step further, he then asks, okay, Jim, how many from this photo are still here in this building? And it came immediate and clear across, I mean, from the voice recorder, uh, from the spirit box, which we recorded on the voice recorder, all of us. Hmm. Now, <laughs> I know you guys have probably used the spirit box, the DSP-7, and so have I. And yeah. you get a lot of radio, you get a lot of radio popping through, but there's no way that you're going to get a first name, a last name, and that kind of an answer in one session, unless it's legit. Terrible 
as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, and I find that if yeah. you get the same the same voice over multiple bands, or you know, that's that's usually a dead giveaway too. No pun intended. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Dove Kids. Every <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated you know, it. Uh, Jolene, I'm looking at I'm looking at the picture right now that you uh, that you were talking about, and uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I I would not call it a demon by any means, but uh, it's <laughs> definitely a very very cool picture. Well, it was named Demon. This it, it was kind of sure. we first. I would like to put something that we do not we have no interest as a team or me as an individual in uh, demonic entities. Nor will we go where we know they are there. Um, okay. So we. He he just looks pretty evil, but we're not. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool picture. It's a, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, staff member years are called yeah called him demon. It's pretty cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, very cool. Um, we have a question in chat, and it's from Chad, Chad and Chad. And uh, his question is, have you ever come across any reports of UFOs linked to your investigations or in the area? No, but I welcome that. <laughs> I would totally dig it. I, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. You know, I, I have never seen one. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool if they were up there and I could see one. And no, I haven't had any, any, uh, any connection with our investigations with UFOs. But I would totally dig it. Right. You know, I I do have a question myself, and I I, I heard this maybe about a year or two ago. I had heard that the town of Gettysburg was thinking about putting an end to all of the, uh, you know, the paranormal tours and, and that kind of thing. Was there any truth to that? I highly doubt that. It's a, okay. uh, as far as a revenue stream, it's, a, um, it's, it's very beneficial to the town of Gettysburg. Uh, we're not, uh, as far as our organization is concerned, uh, 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 as far as our organization is um, in, in connection with that, we are not necessarily an add-on. We're in town. We're going to go on a tour or go somewhere. Now, that may be true for some visitors, but for the vast majority of our guests, we are their destination. So they're coming to go with us on an investigation or a tour and therefore filling filling hotel rooms up and also gassing up their cars and dining at restaurants and then also enjoying all the many things that Gettysburg has to offer uh, battlefields and, and other types of tours. So I think that the town of Gettysburg benefits greatly by embracing the, the ghost tour industry. I, I think that uh, regulations are important. I think that, and of course, we, you know, our company you know, pays all the, the local and state taxes and, you know, dots all the I's and crosses all the T's. We, we're not a tabletop operation or a retail shop. So um, I think that Gettysburg is, um, I think, actually turning around and embracing that more than shunning it. Oh, okay. I'm I'm glad to hear that because one of these days, I intend on getting there. Um, So also too, I mean, it's my you know an ancestor of mine was there, so it's you know it's definitely a place that I'd like to see. If just you know not you know just just for ghosts alone, but also for that as well. Well, history. I'll tell you, the places. Absolutely beautiful. The battlefields are very well preserved. The the uh, the park service does a top notch job with that, and uh, we have a new visitor center. So there's there's a lot to be said for Gettysburg aside from the ghost. You know, I I love the whole paranormal field, but Gettysburg is so rich in history. It's also a you know, a wonderful uh, wonderful thing to explore as well. 
Well, yeah, and there are a lot of people who go there, my parents, for instance, who, you know, would never even consider anything that they saw or heard as a paranormal encounter just because that's not the way they're wired. So I would imagine that, you know, I mean, you get a lot of the history or that you get a lot of the paranormal tourism, sure, but you also get a lot of the historical tourism. We we do, and and when we get a couple that uh, isn't like minded, one one uh, one of the couple may like the ghost, one may like the history. You know, we have to be very careful to make sure that both of them are getting plenty, so that they they don't leave uh, with a bad taste in their mouth. You know, we we make sure that the history that we present is accurate and respectful, and that the the ghost stuff isn't over the top or cheesy, so that um, they come away. You know, having maybe gained some respect for one another's interests. Perfect. So let's do this. Um, let's go to break. And then when we come back, um, I see somebody in chat has a question about Hoffman Mansion. Ooh. Yeah. So Lovely. we can talk about that when we get back from break. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, stick around, everybody. This is Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network, and we're talking some Gettysburg, so we will be right back. Hi, I'm G. Come join me on my new show called In the Dark Radio. From topics such as ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more, this is a show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned right here on the Hazy Network from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right after Paranormal Underground. And let's keep the radio rolling. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Thank you for sticking around. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. And uh, for the last last hour, we have been uh, speaking with with Jolene Spooky Riley of the Gettysburg Paranormal Association. Um, thank you, Jolene, for sticking around. But before we get back to you, I just want to say, um, you know, After Us is going to be uh, After Dark uh, Radio with Chuck G, and following directly after him is Grandpa, uh, Grandpa Coyote with the Coyote Medicine Show. So be sure to stick around and listen to those two shows. And uh, Jolene, again, thank you so much for sticking around for another segment. My pleasure. Um, so, Karen, you, you had a question about the Hoffman Mansion. Well, I I'm don't. Elaine, Elaine does. So okay. what she says is that I have heard so much about that place. I haven't heard anything about it. So uh, what can you tell us, Jolene? Oh, I can tell you bunches about the Hoffman Mansion. Excellent. That place has, awesome. been, <laughs> that place has been abandoned for years. Now, it uh, stands by the roadside. It's very impressive. It looks majestic. And uh, you can just tell by the front pillars and the vacant windows that there's something very special dwelling behind its walls. And uh, it, uh, it has certainly been uh, been a great place for us. We do public investigations there nightly. And uh, we stumbled upon it just because of its look. And, and I inquired and found out that it had been vacant. And we were, uh, we were welcomed uh, to come in and do investigations. What we found out is that there was the buddy farm during the battle. And at a later point, the Hoffman family moved in, but during the battle, it was the Buddy Farm, and it was a 300 or so acre uh, working dairy farm at that time. And the schoolhouse that I mentioned previously um, with the photograph, that school um, was also here where, across the street where a Calvary battle took place. So it was on the outskirts of town, but certainly not uh, not so far away that it didn't see some of the battle and and also um, ended up being a field hospital uh, during and after the, the, the Civil War. And what we've encountered in there is nothing short of, uh, of shocking. I'll there tell you, a, I'm uh, looking at a picture of it, uh-huh. and you can pick up the energy from the picture. Like I said, you know, you have to deal with look at it. It's just, it's yep. raw. It, it, it draws you in. When you yep. open up the door, it's got that wonderful creaky sound that you have in your favorite horror movies. And, and, and shockingly, it'll close on you occasionally. The door itself almost is just, okay, you're in, you're staying a while. I've actually encountered what we've described uh, and now dubbed the corpse woman. Oh, that sounds pleasant. And, the corpse woman, okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, and, and I, I told her that because she looked like uh, a freshly dug up corpse. Not that I had ever seen one in real life, but I've watched enough movies, you know, so um, and that's what I imagined one would look like. Now, there have been nine women that have seen the corpse lady, including myself, and of those nine women, only one did not run out of that mansion after seeing her, and that person was me. And let me uh, tell you something, it's not because I'm hmm. such a you know, a bad apple or anything. I'll tell you, I I didn't run because I was overcome with mild shock syndrome. I was so I was so uh, so taken aback. I've seen so many different spirits, and they don't always look the same as one another. But she, there was something different about her. She didn't disappear for one like they normally do when you see them. 
and she just mm-hmm. stared back at me, and she won that stare contest uh, hands down. And she didn't follow me or anything. She just stood there in the corner staring at me. And I tell you, a lot of people say that they want to see a spirit, but, you know, I caution them to be careful what they wish for because I, <laughs> every other spirit that I have ever seen ever, including the one that grabbed my leg and almost pulled me down a Civil War uh, staircase, that one I never want to see again. <laughs> never. So did you pick up anything from her as to why she is has kind of that foreboding energy? Well, um, you know, I, I wasn't picking up her energy, which is was basically what I'm, I'm more or less known for, picking up energy and identifying right. mm-hmm. um, aspects of it. But I didn't pick up any energy from her. I didn't even know she was around the corner, which is really unusual for me. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like the, te- the team's hound. I'll go ahead, you know, and point them out, like, you know, yeah, over okay. here, over there. But I, in that case, I didn't pick it up, and there she was. That's now, really unusual. Who she is, it is. Yeah. And and she's so strong, too. You'd think I would have... I mean, I, I went in there, but it, I can't even honestly say that I was drawn to the room. I was just walking around doing, doing you know, walkthroughs. So, you know, I, I have to be honest about it. It wasn't like, oh, I know she's in there. I found something. Um, so I was really... I was just not prepared, you know, at all, emotionally, for that. And, right. um, you know, well, the thing is, we, we don't know 100% sure... Um, who she is, and I have my, my thoughts on who she is. I have my that was going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. Well, she, I, I, had, I had some thoughts on who she might be because there was a tragic suicide in that home. And I don't like to uh, talk about it too much publicly because, for one, if uh, someone's not been to the mansion before, I don't want to put something in their mind that wasn't there and they may think they're getting the girl's name or her age. We don't, we don't tell that to our guests that join us after the investigation is over because quite a few people have picked up on it during during their time in the mansion and as people have been there before we've asked them not to disclose that to, to the newbies. So mm-hmm. I had some thoughts on who she might be and I, I thought very well that she may be the, the young lady who took her life um, but I, I that was that was solidified later when I actually did see a picture um, with a name associated it's associated with um, the schoolhouse across the street. So it kind of confirmed it for me. Will it confirm it for the world? I don't know. But for me, I'm, I'm pretty certain I know who the girl is. Interesting. Okay. Mm. So what else goes on at the uh, mansion? Because Elaine says that, let's see, what did she say? That place made a non-believing friend believe in ghosts, <laughs> she said. Yeah, if there's any place we're going to do it, it'll be the Hoffman Mansion. It. It, the uh, the atmosphere, the the, um, the energy changes in, in the snap of a finger. You could go in there and an hour later, um, you, you could go in and not have it feel or see anything. An hour later, the place was popping. Um, Full-body apparitions have have made themselves um, uh, available for our guests, not just that corpse, but several other spirits. Um, you hear voices constantly in that house. And uh, not just, you know, not just on the voice recorders of the spirit box, people are actually hearing disembodied voices with their ears and um, physical contact. In fact, the tenth gun that we used was actually taken out of guest hands twice there. I'm assuming hmm. because it looks like a weapon, so they're being disarmed by the soldiers, perhaps, that were there. And uh, we have doors that close on their own, and you hear footsteps. I, I can't tell you how many times we've 
rounded up our guests in the uh, front uh, room downstairs right before we leave. And even though everyone's downstairs, we're still heard walking around upstairs. And we have sent a second investigator upstairs to make sure it's clear and there's no living person upstairs at all. Hmm. Cool. Sounds like an amazing place. Uh, definitely on my uh, hit it list is. now. Oh, you have to. You, you, you can't get in Gettysburg without without at least doing an investigation of the Hoffman Mansion. It is spectacular. Hmm. Well, now now Rick knows who to call. Yep. I will you definitely. You why it's been abandoned for so many years, though. Why has um, it been abandoned for so many oh. years? I was hoping you'd ask that. Well, oh, well, <laughs> I'm smart that way. <laughs> You are, aren't you? I am. Oh, uh, you're the queen of puns. Well, <laughs> you know the uh, it, it has it has um it has brand new carpet and chandeliers and jacuzzi, come for goodness sakes, and brand new appliances throughout, which have never been used. The <laughs> gentleman who did all of this renovating did so with the intent of turning it into a lovely bed and breakfast in Gettysburg. Oh. Well, his hopes and dreams were dashed because of the paranormal activity that took place, so they just could not. You can't, you can't, and I'm not afraid of ghosts, and I have slept and lived in, in a number of haunted buildings, but this is a place that just isn't conducive to a restful night's sleep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, um, it's a closed up building then, but the owner lets people come in for investigations. Is that how it works? Yes, they let our group uh, take guests in. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Well, you know. Um, haunted tourism is big right now. <laughs> there are people who might not care if they get a good night's sleep. <laughs> well, that is true. Well, again, in the case like the Tilly Pierce FM, that's, that's, those spirits there are a little more friendly and gentler than the ones in the Halford Mansion. No one wants to wake up with the corpse lady looking over them. That's, that's a little <laughs> different. <laughs> it's a little bit different. It, no, it right. is. You're you're yeah. absolutely right. I I actually have this thing, so I cannot stand when ghosts mess with me when I'm asleep. So I don't even like to stay in haunted hotels, and and, and I chase this stuff. I mean, this is what I do, and but I don't like them to mess with me when I'm asleep. Where my house is haunted, and I just tell them, "Don't mess with me when I'm asleep. Leave me alone." There's just something I don't want to be awakened that way. Startled. I woke up one time. I was laying in bed, and for some reason, my arm was propped up next to me, and my hand was hovering above my face. And so I woke up <laughs> in the dark, and I saw my hand, and about oh died. Oh so I just there's <laughs> something about being snapped out of sleep because I'm not afraid <laughs> of ghosts, but when I'm snapped out of that sound sleep, oh I'm kind of afraid. Well, you're also in a vulnerable state. I can understand that. That's that's your sanctuary. It's it's you're in a vulnerable situation. I, there's two places I don't want ghosts to bother me. It's when I'm sleeping and when I'm showering. That's oh, those are my I boundaries, know. right? You oh, have yeah. my boundaries. You know what I tell people though, and this just freaks people out because I have psychic abilities as well. And I just tell people, you mm-hmm. know, you probably haven't showered alone ever. And people just love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as they don't hand us the towel and make their presence too terribly known, we have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so start handing um, us the towels, that's bad. What's that? I said if they start handing us towels, then we have a problem. Well, you know, if they can warm the towels up before they hand them oh. to me, I'm okay. <laughs> I'd be fine oh. with that. 
you know, be like being at the spa. Just, you know, instead of living attendants, it would be ghosts. That'd be all right. Well, I don't know what kind of spas you're going to, but I'm not going there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we had a question in chat. No, we had a question from Chad, Mm -hmm. which almost sounds like chat, but I don't. Oh, here it is. Okay. So he wants to know, what is the Park Service's policy on equipment use on the battlefields? And also, I'd like to know just, um, you know, how tolerant they are, because don't the battlefields close at a certain time and, you know, all that stuff? Well, yes, the the battlefield has uh, very strict policies on their their closing uh, and and their reopening. And we always um, make our guests aware of that. We, We certainly want to stay on the right side of the law. And unfortunately, there were times, you know, back in the day when you could just camp out on the battlefield and ghost hunt to your heart's desires, but things have changed. People have um, ruined that for others, but um, it is what it is, and you just have to uh, good-naturedly accept that. There's reasons for things uh, changing, and you just have to adjust. Now, as far as equipment on the battlefield, the Park Service does not allow EMS detectors on the battlefield. Right. Really? Well, there's a reason for that, too. They're, mm-hmm. they're worried, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, that if you have an EMF detector, uh, you may be digging up artifacts, and it would damage, oh. you know, and they care very greatly for the for the park uh, property. So sure. You don't, and can, you ima- can you imagine what a free-for-all would be out there? I mean, just envision it for a moment, you know. Everybody's out there digging up stuff, using metal detectors, and another EMF detector. So I can understand why the why the National Park Service is very strict about that. I mean, it's disappointing for us ghost hunters who just want to connect with their spirits, but there's always somebody who's going to ruin it for others, and you just have to, as I said, accept it. And uh, that is the law. When people purchase equipment from a retail shop, one of the first things we tell them, aside from instructing them on the devices, is do not take this out onto the park property. You may be fined and your equipment may be confiscated. Oh, good. Well, they good mean to business. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you personally come to know any spirits that you encounter with any frequency and actually, like, gotten to know them on any level? Yes. Um, I think that uh, when you go to places regularly, you are going to be known by the spirits, either liked or disliked. And. Uh, I, I think that that is something that we, we as investigators need to prepare for. Uh, the first time that I heard a spirit sure. use my name, my name. Yeah, that's speaking. always a little freaky, huh? Yeah, it was. Well, it was my I think first it's awesome. Time. And I, and I, I mean, well, it was, it's awesome now, but the first time was a little shocking, and I and I had yeah. to uh, I had to remind myself that aren't I really, in fact, trying to? Yeah get them to connect with me and I should be more honored than upset. So right. um yeah. I have a different attitude now. I'm a little more seasoned, but we you know, we all we all get that initial shock. Now I'm I'm quite pleased when it happens. In fact it it, it happened to me the other night at the Tilly PSS we had a special well, a few weeks ago we had a lockdown event and I had a group of uh, four people and then myself. We were upstairs in the suite in the upstairs suite and I we had the spirit box going and I said, can you say one of our names? Most people ask, can you tell me your name? But I was twisting it around and said, can you tell us one of our names? And we hadn't introduced ourselves in mind. Now, just, you know, be mindful of that. We hadn't told the spirits our names. And clear as day comes up, Spooky, which we were able to record um, Mm -hmm. with the voice recorder. But 
obviously they know who I am because we hadn't spoke the name and you know, I, I do believe they can communicate. They, you know, what you know, they don't have to hear our name necessarily to know us. But I think that they, they, they do know me when I go into the locations, and they know me for being kind-hearted. At least I, I'm hoping that that's how they see me. I feel like I'm sort of like the protector in some, in in some sense. I'm on their side. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's that's a, a common thing in people who have um, a place. You know, and, and you definitely have not just a place, you have, like, a whole town. And <laughs> I find that yeah. people with psychic abilities who have that place, they tend to be very protective of those spirits. And um, so do you have, with that, how protective you feel? Because, of course, you realize that spirits are people without bodies. I mean, you know, they're just as deserving of compassion as anybody else. So with that, Absolutely. do you see people who come in who use some of those tactics that, you know, you wouldn't use with the living person? And does that frustrate you? You know, I'm talking about the provoking and the cussing and the swearing and all of that stuff. Do you see people come and sort of emulate that behavior that they might see sometimes on television? And how do you well, feel? Well, we tried to... I'm sorry. Just, no, that's okay. Go ahead. Go. I'm sorry. Just a little... I, and I just said, and how do you feel about that if you do? Well, it's appalling to me, um, and and I, I can tell you, we, we tried to head that off um, in the beginning of our investigations. We made it very clear that it will not be tolerated by our investigators. This mm-hmm. is not that. Uh, this is these spirits are you know are at a location for a number of reasons, and and we are not there to harm them in any way. We do not allow provoking. We just simply do not tolerate it. Now using trigger items, talking about certain things to engage a spirit is also a thin line because what you might be talking about right. might be upsetting to them. So we right. um, sure. as investigators have to be careful to make sure that the the uh, investigation is led in, in a way that it's, it's not going to be harmful to to people or spirits. And so I think that some television shows are... Uh, promoting that as a way of an, uh, you know, uh, an acceptable form of investigating. Now, we won't do that. If they want to do that, that's their business. But we will not do that, and we will not, um, we will not use that tactic or teach our guests to use that tactic. One of the things that's always bothered me, and when I go on an investigation and I bring somebody along, I always tell them, it's like, do not ask them, do you know that you're dead? Of course they know they're dead. Um, they know. I mean, they know. I, have, I have very <laughs> seldom encountered a spirit that's like, well, well what happened? You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, and of, of course they know. Really? Occasionally, I, now occasionally I have, but for the most part, no. The spirits that I've encountered absolutely know they're dead. That's yeah, I not share your experience. something with you. Well, yeah. I like. Well, I find it really interesting that both of you said that because four years ago I said the same thing. Why are you? At, don't ask them that. That's that's potentially upsetting to them. It's yeah. confusing. Either they because I do believe that some spirits really truly. Well, let's just say I've had some things happen that have changed my mind on that. Uh-huh. I have a recording um, from from the Tilly Pierce house where an investigator was asking, are you alive or dead? And there were several spirits that answered him, the first of which said, I don't know. Yeah. 
and okay. several others said dead, yes, dead, dead. But the first one said, I don't know. Now, my, you know, I've changed my mind on that. I think that some spirits, they don't know that, they, that they're dead. Oh, I agree. Um, some don't. Yeah, absolutely. I think newer ones, sure. Yes, I'm not sure. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't know, and I, and I would never say I've all the answers. I don't know, but there was a time when I was like, "Don't ask that question. Don't ask that <laughs> question." But you know, maybe we still shouldn't answer ask that question. I mean, maybe maybe I should rethink it. Uh, you know, but I because I heard that answer, I do ask that question every once in a while. Maybe it's because I'm being selfish and I want to hear no, that No, no, I, I no. I, I, I agree with you that that's an okay question to ask. I don't think that's... But it seems to be common wi- wisdom because I've had people tell me that before. Well, don't ask them if they're, if they're dead, if they know they're dead. You know, here's the thing. I think that um, it's typically in the best interest of any soul to have a real picture of, of what state they exist in. Mm, absolutely. You know, because, again, you have to think about um, what you would want. And if I was dead and I didn't know that I was dead, I would want somebody to compassionately tell me that I was. Right. Exactly. Compassionately. is, Is someone going to do that? You know, when you hear, I don't know, are we then taking, you know, the time to say, okay, you said you don't know. And I have, you gave me some food for thought on that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you brought the subject up because, you know, I, you know, it's something we need to think about. It and you have to be prepared for that answer. I don't know. And then are you qualified yeah. to, 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 to help the spirit in that, in that, uh, in that way? Well, um, we actually have on our team a member of the clergy, and um, I think for occasions like that, that that's a very valuable person to have as a member of your team as somebody with a, you know, either a, a ministerial background or a psychological background or something like that. Because mm-hmm. again, you're dealing with human consciousness. You're dealing, uh, you know, we assume this. We we don't know for sure, but our best guess is that you're dealing with people without bodies. And um, those people without bodies have the exact same fears, feelings, worries, everything that we have when we're alive. I think. I absolutely agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, and so and so you need somebody and and you sound like the kind of person to me with your years of experience with this and your psychic abilities and stuff that you have that ability to to have that compassionate conversation with a spirit who says I don't know. You know, well, let's talk about this. What's that? Well, I I think it's right kind of you to say, but I, I'm going now that I've had this conversation with you. Honestly, I think I'm going to rethink that and, and take it to another level because I think that we, again, I think that we have a great, great responsibility. You know, I do we, too. We take yeah. this, this on. Yeah, I I really appreciate the level of responsibility that you're telling me you feel because I feel the same thing, and always have. And um, the longer I've been in this, the more I've felt that level of responsibility to protect and guard them um, almost more than you do the living in some ways, you know. Good for you. Well, so, you have to be their voices in a lot of cases. Yeah, and so, so um, and I, I want to ask this in the best way I can without making you think that I'm judging you because I have written books about ghosts and things as well. So, um 
do you ever think that um, there's some exploitation? Then this is, I'm asking because I think this sometimes, that there's some exploitation involved when we have what's essentially a haunted attraction and we bring people through to, you know, look at the ghosts. How do you feel about that? And I hope well, I didn't insult you by asking No, that. no, I'm not offended at all by the question. It's a very a valid question to ask, mm-hmm. particularly as someone who who does, um, very, very frequently does public in- investigations. I think that um, in this field, um, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's um, conducted um, by the wrong people mm-hmm. and, uh, and also for the wrong reasons, then it is, uh, it is an exploitation. Now, I, I do work for a, a business. It is not my business. Um, I, I did bring uh, Gettysburg Paranormal Association to Gettysburg Ghost Tours, who hosts the public investigations. But if I wasn't to lead those investigations for our organization, someone else would. So I feel better that it's me who's yeah. going to conduct them with respect and empathy. And and educate the public yes. on a yeah. more responsible level than someone else. Now, yes, getting bird ghost tours is a business, and businesses need to make money or they wouldn't be a business. But because you're making money does not mean that you're doing it in a manner that is disrespectful. Or, and I think that that's the, that's the, uh, the important uh, aspect of this. Sure. Anything can be exploited. Anything can be. Absolutely. I agree with you. And, and actually, that's just a question that I've struggled with on my own because, again, I've told stories and I've, you know, and I share EVPs. And good God, I host a radio show about ghosts once a week. I mean, so, <laughs> so clearly I'm contributing to this and, and to the entertainment aspect of um, the paranormal. And so I get that, but it is something that I struggle with. And, and so it's always interesting so to I. hear how other people think about that. Well, and, well, and, and I think that you, you brought up some great points there. It, it, there. There is room for entertainment, but not at the sake of, of, of harming anyone. I mean, not just the spirits, but people that are, that are involved in this. You know, we, if you do good things, you'll feel good about yourself. We want people to feel good about themselves. And we do a lot of charitable events, and... Um, we donate our time to to go in and, and help people if they're having some disturbances in their house, and 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 we we don't take that lightly either. If there are times when we're called and um, we we uh, we're able to help, and uh, and we and we're happy that we can be of some service for someone in need. But sure, I think that sure. you know if we can if we can also generate funds for you know the Children's Miracle Network, for example. Right. Or, or, or Destiny of Hope, you know, and there's a lot of things that we can do. And also, hosting a radio show like you're doing mm-hmm. is a great way to educate the public on, 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 on the proper um, protocol. Because if only they're getting one thing, a TV show that might be really disrespectful, that's all they're going to get. So right. if you're yeah. the, the, the light shining word, that's good. Yeah, and that's that's actually how I've reconciled this. And I didn't mean to make it about me, but and you know that that we do this, but it is something that I think about. And I actually went, um, I was talking with a guy one time. He's the the man who taught me um, Reiki healing, as a matter of fact. And he knew that I did the 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 um, paranormal things. And he said he said I want to know how you help. 
And I looked at him and I said, you know, sometimes I don't know how I help. Sometimes if they want their story told, I tell tell their story. And that's an important aspect of what you're doing, I would imagine, too, because the spirits that you're in contact with have a story to tell. And you're keeping that story and memory alive in everybody who comes through. And But, you know, when he said that, how do you help? And it's something that I've always wondered because, you know, like... um on Ghost Hunters, um, I don't know, I haven't watched it in years, but I know when Grant used to be on the show, they would come to the house and they would say, hey, we're here to help. And I would think, yeah, but how are they helping? <laughs> so, well, it was a TV show, you know, the, the actors, yeah, you know, they, they have little to no input on what is actually put on as a final product. I know. That must be very, yeah, very frustrating for, frustrating. for people that, you know, that have that, you know, that... Uh, you know, possess those qualities because they, you know, their intent is one thing, but, yep. you know, producers, right. you know, uh, bless their hearts, you know. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is what it is. I think we're all pretty much, I, I think most people are educated enough to know that, that what you see on TV is, is really a far cry from what really perhaps even happened during that investigation that was sure. filmed. Right. Sure. Well, and you know, I mean, the the bottom line is that is that there is an entertainment aspect to the paranormal, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it, it that just is what it is. And so, I choose to take part in that entertainment aspect of the paranormal because, like you say, I would prefer to maybe get my thoughts across, even though I far from perfect in the way I do things too, I'm sure. But, you know, I have maybe a different outlook and it sounds like you do you do as well. So um I have a question. Go ahead. No, I'm oh, shutting I, up. Go ahead. I have a question from Elaine in chat. She wants to know now I, I will tell you what I'm going to tell you about Elaine is that she is our resident safety guru. She has just written a book on paranormal safety. And by safety, I'm not talking about protecting yourself psychically and and that type of thing. I mean, like, not dying when you go on investigations. And so she wants to know if anybody's ever been sick or hurt on an investigation. And I can tell you the next question she'll follow up with is, what safety precautions do you take, especially when you're working with public tours? Well, um... Because there are public investigations, um, we, we do have to uh, be very mindful of, of not only what type of spirits we may be um, connecting our guests with, but also the physical safety of the buildings. Um, we also have a, a safety guru on our team as far as the physical safety of the, the building is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. We want to make sure that it's structurally safe. We want to make sure that there's no, you know, floorboards that, that aren't, uh, you know, uh, going to give away uh, and have guests uh, uh, come to harm in that manner. If there are missing or loose floorboards, we make our guests aware of it. We make sure that everybody has appropriate uh, forms of illumination in the forms of working flashlights. We also have safety. Um, we have first aid kits on, on all of our investigations, and a number of our investigators are trained in first aid. We also have investigators on our team that are very well-versed in um, emotional trauma. If people are um, feeling emotionally drained, um, what to do? Well, we remove them from the site. Um, They go outside, get some fresh air. Uh, Stepping away from the paranormal activity helps them uh, a good bit, but we we also have to be prepared ourselves to uh, make sure that... uh, if a guest is feeling ill, upset stomachs at the Hoffman Mansion are pretty popular. 
if there is a <laughs> yeah. of a lot of pardon me? I said, Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of EMF, you know, and it's not from sure. electricity because there's no there's no electricity in the mansion and no running water, there's there's nothing at all. So that EMF is 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 from the spirit energy and so we've told the guests beforehand that this is, you know, likely to happen and if it does, what to do. Um we don't leave our guests alone in buildings or outside. We don't take them to sites that are uh, public sites where they may encounter other people um, or uh, stray animals or wild animals. There's a number of things to keep in mind. We like to have a you know a controlled environment in the sense that we know what's there. We know that we're not going to have anybody but our guests there. We know that okay. we're not going to have snakes or coyotes. Good. Um, we okay. don't take our guests where there's such negative energy that um, guests are going to be harmed by spirits. You know, if we have poltergeists that are throwing things or, or we just don't take our guests there. Uh, yeah, uh, that that was actually going to be my next question because somebody did ask that in chat. Um, ha- has anyone ever run into an unfriendly spirit? Well, we we have grouchy spirits. Um, you know, um, if, if it, you know, um, but unfriendly and grouchy are quite different than demonic or evil and and that's not a field that I'm have I have no interest in that field whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I like to surround myself with positive people and positive spirits. Now, if a spirit is a little grouchy, um, well then they have every right to be grouchy. But we're not going to subject our, our team nor guests to spirits that uh can or have the intent to inflict uh, pain or, or any type of danger on them. Excellent. Okay. So, you know, Very we cool. were talking off the air about Shameless Self-Promotion Corner because you've got all sorts of really cool stuff coming up. We have reached that yes. part of the show. So it's time. So what or would you shameless. like? Shameless. <laughs> shameless. Shameless Self-Promotion yeah. Corner. Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. You promote away, sister. Well, all right. Right back at you. Thanks, sister. <laughs> and uh, brother, can't can't leave you out there. We, uh, we have uh, we have a number of Thank really you for including cool me. things. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're we're very including here. We're very loving people. Here. I um the more the merrier, guys. We would love it. In fact, if all of your listeners, um, and of course you guys, join us for a number of things coming up. Um, for example, this Saturday we have a lockdown to Tilly Pier South End, and also Friday night, we that'll be from eight to midnight. And on Saturday, I'm doing a spiritual um, presentation. It's American Legion in Gettysburg. We'd love to have you out there talking about some uh, spiritual uh, things that took place all the way back in the Victorian era era, and then all the way up to present day and how that connects us. We also have um, overnight ghost hunts at the Cedar Creek Battlefield coming up uh, every few months for the rest of the season. And we also have uh, Phenomenology, which is coming up in April. The 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, I'll be speaking uh, on public investigations with the GPA panel, Gettysburg Paranormal Association, on Friday. The time to soon be announced. So we're hosting all of their uh, public investigations, uh, all the celebrity hunts. So any folks you see on TV you like, you might be able to go if you hook us up, uh, call us and we'll hook you up. You just okay. have to give us a call at 717-338-1818. It's Gettysburg Ghost Tour, 717-338-1818. And lastly, I, Geraldine Spooky Riley, have a new book coming out. Ooh. It is called Ghost Hunting the Gettysburg Files. Oh. And it'll be out on May 9th. 
Well, congratulations. Hey, so, I- so uh, what 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 do you have, and what can people look forward to in that book? Just a quick taste. Well, it's ghost, you know, ghost hunting, and 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 and, and everything that that uh, brings to mind. The actual investigations at the Hoffman Mansion are featured in that book. The Tilly Pierce House, the schoolhouse, all of our favorite places are featured in that book. And the readers will actually get a, a, a further glimpse into the life of Spooky. So, uh, a few a few uh, a few pages in, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna be hooked. Oh, it sounds fantastic! Fantastic. So. Um, is there a website where one can go and get all of this information? Because we went over yeah. it pretty quickly. One can go to this website for all those wonderful events. Please go to www.gettysburgparanormalassociation.com. Gettysburgparanormalassociation.com. Fantastic. Spooky, um, will you come back when the book's out and we can talk about some of the things in the book? Absolutely, I would be honored. And if you guys ever come to Gettysburg, look for Gettysburg Ghost Tours with the black cat on it. Oh yeah! If I ever get out, I'm in I'm in Western Washington, so it's a little ways away from me. But you know, it's one of my it's on my bucket list. Once I get the kids through college, (laughs) (laughs) I would love to investigate with you guys. So absolutely, I would love to uh, I'd love to be a guest again on the show. And it was a pleasure pleasure being on with you guys. Yes, thank you so much. You have a fantastic evening. Thank you very much. You as well. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. All right. There you go, guys. Jolene Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Good night. Have a good night. All right. So, Cheryl. Hey. I know that you have been busily organizing things behind the scenes. Yeah. And that you have some spectacular (laughs) guests lined up. Ooh, the pressure's on. No, actually, as usual, we have spectacular guests and always um, spooktacular. Even yes, exactly. Good one. And Jolene yeah, yeah. was <laughs> so pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I loved hearing what she had to talk about. I've always wanted to get to Gettysburg. I never have, but hopefully one day. Yeah, one day soon. I'm actually considerably closer than you guys too. You yeah. really are. I don't, you there. have no excuse. Yeah, yeah I know. You have like get zero there. excuse whatsoever. Just it's like a just twelve saying. hour drive for me. Yeah, you could get there like pretty quick. Yeah. So you know, and not have to pay for a plane ticket. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah it sounds like they've so, got some really cool stuff coming up. And yeah. um, if you're going to be in the neighborhood, by golly, Drop go. By. Drop by. Yeah. That's right. Um, next week we have on the show Keith Weldon, and he's from Ch- Chill Seekers, and. That is March 13th, and we will yeah, be talking some ghost hunting and all that good stuff. And then the week after, March 20th, we will be talking to Jackie Klebe from Pacific Coast Spirit Watch and Tony Anderson of Paranormal Safari. Nice. Yeah, like it's Very nice. stuff coming up. Yeah, definitely. I have some more out in the future if you want me to pull yes, that up. Yes, I would and like you to. I, th- I, I get that Karen wants me to talk about a couple things, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull that list up real quick. Um, we have in in uh, a- April. I'm, trying to, I'm like, what month is it? It's April. Coming up after March, right? That's how it works. April okay, good. does yeah. come after March Whew. most years. I'm, Typically. I'm good. Uh, April 3rd. A friend, actually, of Karen's, Seth Michael. Karen, tell us about oh. Seth. Oh. <laughs> yes. So Seth is, Seth is wonderful. He is a psychic medium. Um, he actually does spirit rescue. He and his oh. team, White Light Paranormal. 
And um, he's just an all-around fantastic guy, really fun to talk to, knows his stuff, and um, you guys will enjoy him. You'll you'll get a lot out of listening to Seth. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be an interesting show because Spirit Rescue is kind of controversial, isn't it? I don't to think some. It's contra- to it's some. not controversial to me. Well, yeah, not, <laughs> to not some, really yeah, to, I mean, to me either. But <laughs> yeah, but to some it is. Some it is. To some okay. it is. But with, with Seth, he takes such a compassionate mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, um, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate yeah. people who, who take that compassionate approach. And um, that's his it's, whole team. That's what they do is they investigate. But yeah. their goal is spirit rescue. Cool. Yeah. Um, moving on to April 17th. Ben Robeson. Robinson. Oh, did I spell his name wrong? Is it Robinson? I think so. Okay, I had Ro- Robison. Rob Robeson. It is. Yeah, you're right. It's Robison. Yeah. Robeson. Rob- I just didn't okay. know how to yeah. pronounce it. Well, Karen, would you fill us in on Ben? He's like a dude from Oregon. Here's the thing about Ben. <laughs> a dude. <laughs> He's just a dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> no, you'll, ringing, like, dude. you'll like Ben. He's got a great sense of humor. He's a good friend of uh, my good friend, William Becker. And he also uh, knows, like, all of the ghost mind guys. And so he's he's got great insights on the paranormal. And um, so I haven't ever, I haven't had a lot of chance to talk to Ben. I know him, you know, through events and things in, in the area. But uh, I think you'll enjoy him. By the way, you mentioned... William Becker and for those listening live William Becker will be on the next show on Hazy Radio called In the Dark Radio with Chuck G so stick around after our show stick around because William is awesome oh yeah he's yeah, totally William's awesome a great guy. Awesome. Yeah, we love William we do oh you know what I just realized I skipped over one show but in March uh, March 27th we have Andrea Lockbaum she's a psychic medium oh that's another one of mine yeah it's another, you've <laughs> lining these guests up <laughs> Ooh, she's, right. And here's here's yeah. what's really cool about Andrea. So I actually met Andrea. She lives locally. She lives near me. And I interviewed her for an article in the paper. Um, you know, for some reason, the paper wanted something about a psychic. And I was like, sure. That worked out <laughs> um, well. And she she has some really interesting views on and interpretations of what she experiences when she sees her psychic visions um, that are a little different than the way that I would interpret them, but they're really fascinating, and I hope she'll hmm. get into that. And the cool. other thing is that she um, she's a pet communicator. Oh, as, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yep, so she's, she's a medium and a pet communicator, very humble about her gifts. And um, so you'll enjoy listening to her, too. She's, she's really fun to talk to. Awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Cool. Yep. Spent a delightful afternoon with her one afternoon and you know. She she um actually took a picture of one of my dogs mm-hmm. and she read the dogs. Oh and she read them all like perfectly. Wow. Yeah. That is neat. Yeah. You know, and I used to be really um very skeptical, I guess you could say, about pet communicators. Mm-hmm. I think that I used to make no but I used to be skeptical about everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, Jenny says it's Robison, but I don't know if it's pronounced Robison or Robison. Okay, we'll yeah. find that out. We'll get on that. I think it's Robison. I think is how it's pronounced. Okay, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, we'll yeah. ask William. Hey, there William, you go. William will know. <laughs> Fancy that. That way we'll say his name right. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, but I used to be very skeptical of pet communicators, and then I interviewed one for the magazine, and it was um, I can't remember her name now. 
Mm. Heidi. Heidi, uh... Oh. Heidi Wright, I think, is her name. Yeah. Very... I'll remember now. Okay. Yeah, very popular over in Japan. But she, she lives in, in the United States, but she does a lot of her communicate, And she was just so open in sharing everything that she really made me rethink. And why the heck couldn't we communicate with our pets? I feel like I could communicate with my pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, William says, yeah. yes, it's Robison. Robison or Robison? Robison. 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 <laughs> Yes, he says, you're right, Karen, it is. And so I'm pretty sure I said Robinson. You did. So. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so there's that. Um, yeah. So we have really good shows coming up. And here's the thing. If you listen to our show, you enjoy our show, and you have somebody that you feel would be a really good guest on the show, I would love it if you would get in contact with Cheryl about that. Um, you know, we talk to a lot of ghost people, and I'm really cool with that. But we like to talk about UFOs and, um, like, you know, cryptids. And I like to talk about stuff like reincarnation and um, life between lives and, uh, you know, so near-death experiences. I'm open to all of that stuff. So anything vaguely paranormal would be really awesome. I would love that. Email me at editor at paranormalunderground.net. Do it. Oh, you mean I shouldn't have just said contact Cheryl and left it at that? I, I needed to give out your... Well, you know, some people like a challenge. I mean, you know, that's okay. <laughs> see if I can look this woman up. Well, they could, you know, they could find you on Facebook. Well, you know, what's, not hard to find. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is someone emailed me <laughs> earlier today on my personal email from our website forum, and I was thinking, how in the heck did they get my personal email? Because I don't know them, you know, so I don't know. I'm still trying to Maybe figure that one out. Maybe the form is set up with that. I it's not. Stuff like that. No, 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 no. It's not. No, I know exactly how it is. They went to, like, the domain registrar and, and found it because ah, I get stuff sometimes. Okay. People who look up my websites on the domain and they find my email address on the domain registrar. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. That so, sense. oh, my God. So you want to hear the really weird thing that happened this one time, though? Yes. So I write for I write for a website called Love to Know. And I write all sorts of articles for them. Um, it's it's really a pretty good website. It's got really in-depth articles by experts about all sorts of things. And so in this article, I mention high fructose corn syrup because okay. I write a lot of the nutrition articles on the website. Okay. And um, so I just mentioned high fructose corn syrup and, you know, that there were some studies linking it to fatty liver disease, blah, 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 all of this stuff, right? So... From that, now this isn't even a website that I own. This is a big major website. It's like about.com or something. It's a big website. And But from that, my byline was on the piece. I get in the mail from the Corn Refiners Association <laughs> a letter oh my about my mentioning them on in this article. And... You know, basically saying you need to look at, take another look at corn sugar, as they call it now. Whatever. Uh, so they sent you a nasty gram. In it the was and a, then they not a happy like letter. Tons okay. of propaganda about you know how this stuff is going to make your plant grow, plants grow, and you know make your kids more fertile. And just, <laughs> so now they're yeah, because that's gonna, what you want. <laughs> they're probably going to send me something else because I'm talking about this now. Oh. So I mean, but they found my address. That's a little from, scary. Yeah, they found my yeah. address from it's something that I wrote on a website that I'm a freelance writer for. I mean, so it's not my website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. They hunted you down. I know, and I contacted my editor. I was like, holy... <laughs> 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 S-H-I-T. 
She said, "Yeah, and you might want to find out how they got your address." She said, "But I wouldn't worry about it." She said, "Where you know where everything in the, your article was factual because I was citing studies and stuff." Yeah. So Chad says I'm on their list now. Yeah. <laughs> if anything happens to me, it was the corn refiners. <laughs> oh gosh. <sighs> They're going to send the men in yellow after you, not the men in black. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, but the thing is, is that I've written other, because I write blogs, and I mean, I've written other things, but it was just this one article seemed to really irk them. (laughs) 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 Ah, the joys of freelance writing. Have you had had stuff like that happen to you, Cheryl? I, I can't, I don't think so. I can't think of anything where someone has actually written me a letter. I mean, I've received email uh, feedback, but a, a letter in the mail. I don't think so. You know, it is no. kind of really weird. I will get email feedback from something I wrote like years ago mm-hmm. that I don't even remember writing. Yeah, I just read your article on this, and it's yeah, like, I wrote that article. What? What are you talking but, about? What article? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember writing. I mean, I'm sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, when, you, when you've been a freelance writer for years and you've written literally thousands of articles. Yeah, but the mail, that, the mail's at like a whole new level, you know. That's... Yeah, that was kind of weird. I was kind of half expecting them to do a drive-by of my house or something. Hey, who knows, <laughs> and, and maybe that what, was that black helicopter you? that was hovering. Uh-oh. What, Rick? <laughs> I said, what, throw corn at you? It's a, <laughs> it's a drive-by corning. <laughs> They're gonna force. They're gonna force high fructose corn syrup down. They're gonna make me drink diet, or they're gonna make me drink Coca Cola until my liver bursts or something. Oh, the joys of freelance writing! Right? See, I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> I don't have to worry about this. Thankfully. Oh wait, Rick. Do do you write articles all the time in anything that's published on the internet? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, do you use your real name? Yeah, of course I do. Hmm. Do, do you have a radio show? <laughs> I do. You know what though? I'm 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 sure that I'm I'm sure that I'm on the list of several television shows and individuals out there that would just love to shut me up. No, come on, they haven't even listened to the show. You're fine. I know. <laughs> so I'm really not that worried. It's all sarcasm. I'm really not that worried about it. Oh my well, god. I never was until the cord refiners came after me, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> William says in the chat room, "If they throw corn on the cob, that would hurt." Well, no, I would cook that up. I, you know what? <laughs> That'd be okay because corn I can make cob. like I make a mean corn chowder. Oh God, I yeah. love corn chowder so much. Jamie makes the best, but please proceed. I'm just saying. So you know, corn chowder is best when it comes when you cut that corn fresh off the cob. So corn refiners, if you're coming out after me, just leave a bushel of of um sweet corn on my front porch and I will refine it myself. Sounds like fun. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, Rick, have you guys thought out? What's that? Have you thawed out? Last week, I seem to oh, recall no. before you got unceremonious, unceremoniously booted by your computer, you yeah. told me it was three degrees and I just refused to participate in that conversation, if I recall. Yeah, it's 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 just Mother Nature is so cruel to pretty much the entire Midwest this year. We have gotten so much one. snow. It has been a rough one, uh-huh. and this it, it it'll it'll snow, and it's not just like you know oh it's like a little sprinkling here. No, you're getting several inches of snow, and then it turns cold. 
And then it warms up just a little bit. Just enough to make it icy. (laughs) Basically just to piss you off. And then it snows some more. So, you know, next week I'm not going to be on the show because we're going to be in uh, Alabama. We're going to uh, visiting my grandfather and some other family members, which is you know, my like my family's ancestral land, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, doing like a 10 day outlook, it's 65 degrees. It's going to be 60 degrees. It's 60 degrees warmer there today than it is here today. Well, so wear it's, your shorts. I, I cannot, I cannot wait. And then I think we're probably going to be stopping in Gatlinburg as well. So uh, a lot of haunted attractions at Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh well, that sounds like way being way better than being in the freezing cold. So I asked your wife, I think, or maybe I asked you, when do you guys get out of this type of weather? Uh, this is this is anomalous to say okay. the least. I mean, usually by now we're what March? What day are we? March. March 6th. Usually by this time, it is at least getting into, you know, kind of like the the, the low to mid 40s and starting to warm up to about the 50s. But, you know, in any kind of seasons in Illinois, you could go immediately from winter right to summer. Right, it, I know. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Much you you guys don't necessarily have spring and fall there like we do out here. No, we really don't. So I yeah. mean, it's like you know, we could go from having this seventy-eight inches of snow we've had all together this year directly into eighty degrees, and it's it's just it's so bizarre. Yeah, we we had so last Friday, maybe it was mm-hmm. last Thursday. Um, it was like this anomalous. It was. 60 degrees it was brilliantly sunny mm-hmm. and um, of course Tanner has you know this convertible that we bought him for Christmas and he has been dying to drive around with his top down so boy they had early release that must have been Friday they had early release that day and he uh, drove all around with his top down he even took his mom for a drive with with the top down <laughs> right so it was beautiful and then this week it's just been horrifying we're we're looking at floods um it's warmed up in the mountains we had in february they had something like 13 feet of snow in the mountains like up by where wellington is and they had that 13 feet of snow and then it started raining and it warmed up and they're having avalanches in the mountains right now because it's perfect conditions for it and plus we're having flooding because the mountains are melting so quickly Mm -hmm. that it's coming all down into the valley so we're supposed to have uh heavy flooding down here starting tonight well, see, that's what that's what we're worried about too. Is um, when, yeah, when all it this, all melts. When it all melts. I mean, yep. we live in a hundred year old house, um, and we do get flooding in the basement when it rains. But I mean, when's when it it it's gonna go like a rapid warm up, and you got seventy eight inches of snow altogether. Oy. It's it's going to cause a major issue. So we rent our home. So we have the landlord who's going to be doing some work on the place because basically he wants to keep us in the house because we take, you know, really good care of his property. So, um, you know, hopefully he's going to hook us up with, um, you know, Permaseal and get some people out here. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a really good guy. So I don't doubt that he's going to do what he can to keep us here. Very good. Well, here's what I say to you. Stay warm. Um, yeah, I drove you. by a, I drove by a tree today and it had blossoms. Oh, I can't wait to see. You know what? So excited. You know what? And that and that's that's my allergies is in the spring when the when everything starts to blossom. But I tell yeah. you what, I am willing to them. be 
Yeah, I, I, I will be drugged up yep. on as much Benadryl as possible just so I can experience that. Oh, I know. I've been sneezing like crazy. I was on yeah. mute a lot tonight because I've been sneezing because the trees are blooming. So with that, we are completely out of time. Hey, guys, oh, yeah. here's the deal. Stick around because Chuck has William Becker on the show. Uh, it's coming up right after us. And you're going to love William. you got to listen to him. Williams so stick awesome. around, everybody. Otherwise, we will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. And, of course, also check um, you know, the scheduled programs here at Hazy because there's all sorts of good programs other than just us. You know, we're we're preferential to us because we like ourselves a lot. <laughs> we are very bad. We are we're very biased. We're we're biased, but but there are some great shows on the, on this station. So, um, hey, stick around, listen to them. You guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Good night. I'll see you in two weeks. See you next week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Have a safe trip. Thank you. All right. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. If you'd like a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at ParanormalUnderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.